Let's get real, let's get inspirational, a little bit emotional, and let's shed some sunshine. This is the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Welcome! Good day and happy Wednesday. This is actually number two for this Wednesday, currently May 3rd, 2023. If you haven't listened to my first episode with Jules, you should listen to that as well. Both episodes came out today because for the month of May, I am giving at least two episodes every Wednesday in May. In honor of not only leaving you stranded for a while and having a lot of interviews to catch up on, some were recorded late last year, bringing them out the vault for you, but also in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, which is the month of May, and have some great people to talk to you about their journey, inspirational stories, which brings me to today's guest, new friend David, who... I don't want to give away everything, but just know you're in for a story. There's some kidnapping. There's some finding out that you're related to one of the most incredible women of all time who helped save so many lives. And just, it's wild. If you've seen the title of the episode, then you should know who I'm referring to. But if not, then I'm going to shut up and we're going to get right into it. Well, welcome, David, to the Sunshine Stephen podcast. How are you today? Good evening, Stephen. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Super excited to have you on and talk about your background, a little bit of your life history, and then what you're doing with your life these days. So again, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. Thank you. My honor. It's a privilege. Oh, I appreciate that very much. Hopefully you still feel that way at the end of this. So <laughs> let's get into it. I always start out by letting sure. you take the reins because you know you better than anybody else. Um, give the listeners a uh, backstory into who you are, what you're about, and what you're doing, and then we'll go from there. Sure. Well, the, the short version, there is a long and more detailed and probably sad version, but the short version is that I was adopted and I've always known that I was adopted until about three years ago when I found out that I wasn't adopted and I was actually abducted. Mm. And once I found that out, it really you know, brought up a lot of emotions in my life. However, I've always known that I was adopted. I met my biological family at age 16 and been very close with my siblings and my mother, of course, we didn't have the best, my biological mother, we didn't have the best of relationships. Right. And she thought that it was because that she gave me away when in essence, it was only because of the fact that that emotional side of me had been used up with an adopted mom. But mm-hmm. once I found out that I was abducted, then all of a sudden we developed mm-hmm. a stronger relationship until she passed away Christmas of last year. Oh. And so finding my biological family, I ended up finding out that my grandmother was first cousins with Harriet Tubman. My great-grandfather and Harriet Tubman's father were brothers. So that, of course, gave me an entirely new perspective on life and right. purpose. And so here I am doing what I do because it's in my blood. <laughs> no, definitely. It, lots to dive in there. Uh, sorry to hear about your mother's passing. Um, that's pretty recent. Um, 
for sure. But yeah. I do want to dive in and it's okay. Sure. We can get sad here. <laughs> That's why I always end on happier <laughs> notes and everything. Cause you know, two big things that stick out is, you know, the whole adopted and then abducted and then finding out, you know, especially later in life, not usually when you're a right. child and you find a family seeker or something like that. Mm-hmm. Talk us through how did that come about? Cause I I've read cases and stuff. I actually studied criminal justice and, I'm one of those, oh, there's a new Netflix series. There's a new documentary. Let's, let's <laughs> right. watch it. Well, well, the 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 key, the 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 main thing that we you have to keep in mind is that all of this happened 1965. So you're not talking about a Google age or a techno right. age. You're talking in a time when there was there were no computers outside of the large ones in a in a in a garage or something right. like that. <laughs> And so my mother, my biological mother, I was the youngest of six children. Uh, we were we were what I called a Brady Bunch family, in which there were three boys, three girls. We were all separated by a little over a year apiece, mm-hmm. and we were you know, we went right down the staircase, stair steps. My sister was girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. Oh wow! And so I was the yeah, and <laughs> I was who you would call Bobby Brady. I was the youngest of the six. <laughs> And at that time, uh, my mother was really struggling trying to raise six children by herself. And what she did, she uh, sought out help and couldn't find any help. And my father stopped helping her. As a matter of fact, he went downtown and told the city officials that he was paying her money cash. So because he was doing that, the city cut off her assistance. She had nothing coming in. She was struggling. And so she immediately turned to her friend who said to her, well, I have a friend who has a sister that's in the church. And let me talk to my friend to see if his sister's church can help you any. Well, when he talked to his friend, his friend talked to the sister and the sister came and talked to my mother and told my mother, listen, what I can do is I can actually take the baby and maybe the the sister who was about 15 months older than I was, mm-hmm. I could take the two youngest ones and I can basically babysit them long term until you get on your feet. Mm-hmm. My mother then said, well, no, just take the baby who, because my sister was pretty much, you know, she was two. So I was seven months old at the time. I was basically being raised by my oldest sister, who was about eight or nine years old. They took me out of my sister's arms. She was in tears. Uh, the rest of the siblings were at an age when they really had no idea what was going on. Right. So what happened, uh, she took she took me and, and said, well, I'll keep him until you get on your feet. Um, c- come find him. I mean, come find me. You can get your baby back at any time. After about a year or so, my mother got on her feet and she went to get me back. She went to the house. And when she went to the house, there was no one there. She knocked on a neighbor's door and the neighbor said to her, are you talking about the lady that got the little baby last year? And she said, yeah. And the neighbor said, oh, that woman moved away. As soon as she got that baby, she was gone. She came home with the baby and left. So immediately when my mother is telling me this, you know, there's a bond connecting. And all of this hinges on the fact that she told me all of this because I could not get a passport to travel. 
because there was no birth certificate in existence with my name, David Austin, on it. It's not that I couldn't find one in, in the Register of Deeds. There was never a birth certificate created. I had one with my birth name, which was Edward Bright, mm -hmm. but there was no nothing attached to it because she immediately took me, took me to the Social Security office, told them that. And again, you're talking in the 60s. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's she took me to the Social Security office and told them that she had just adopted me and she was waiting on the paperwork and they immediately assigned me a number. And so now I have a Social Security number with David Austin, but no birth certificate. When I turned 16 years old, again, you're talking in the 70s. Yeah. The only thing in Pennsylvania you needed for a driver's license was my Social, Social Security, Security card wow. and a baptismal certificate from the church. So I got that from the church and I got my driver's license. So I have a driver's license with David Austin on a social security card with David Austin, but no birth certificate. Yeah. So eventually after a few years, my mother, uh, she immediately started, you know, because here she is faced with the fact that now I've lost my child forever. Right. She went to the police who told her, what do you want us to do? Ma'am, you can't give your child to someone and then turn around and go find the child and get it, get the child back. Mm -hmm. We know that it's she ran off with your child, but you gave her the child to run away with. Right. So uh, she she you know, she started drinking. Mm -hmm. She started drinking heavily. And one day she said that her sister came and told her, you know, I'm tired of you drinking. I'm tired of you. You know, your life is slipping. Let's uh, we're going to take you to church and we're going to have the pastor pray for you that you stop drinking. Meanwhile, my oldest sister is the only one of my siblings that remembers that I existed. Oh, wow. So she's telling the my siblings, you all know we have a little brother and they're saying, no, we don't. What are, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and so my mom was telling them. She's not telling the truth. You don't have it's just I don't know why you're saying it. She kept, you know, she would punish her for saying that. Well, what she didn't know that my aunt had a picture of me as a baby and gave it to my sister. Oh. And, and so then my sister showed my siblings and my mother punished her for showing that picture. So eventually my aunt came and got her and took her to church for the pastor to pray that she stops drinking. And the pastor stopped in the middle of his prayer and said, wait a minute, I have an idea. By this time, I was about five or six years old. Mm -hmm. And um, the pastor said, well, I have an idea. I need for everyone in the church to stand. And they all stood and he immediately paired them off and they got in groups and they went throughout the entire North Philadelphia area to each elementary school because the pastor said by this time he has to be enrolled in school. In school, yeah. So they went to each school and they could not find me. They actually went to the school where I was sitting in class that day and asked the secretary, was I there? And the secretary said, no. The reason why the secretary said no is because they went to the school and asked for Edward Bright. They uh -huh. had no idea they had changed my, she had, and later on, I saw my enrollment papers and my enrollment papers said Edward Bright, but going by the name of David Austin. So the secretary had no way of to knowing know. of who I was. And so all of this happened. She immediately felt like, you know, okay, I'm just giving up until one day, I guess my adopted mom felt meanwhile, uh, fast forwarding to today mm -hmm. and talking to some of the Austin family members 
who when I shared this with, they all said, sure, we believe it because all of the signs point to it, such as overhearing conversations of her saying to someone, I'm not going to tell him the truth or I was not going to give him back, telling family members that she found me on the church steps. Mm-hmm. So all of these things. And so eventually, as I said, I went to a family reunion. I talked to my mom and I told her, you know, I love you. You're my mom. But that emotional side of me that goes to a mother has been used up until she's telling me what happened. And I began to realize the pain that she went through losing her child. And so I went to the family reunion and that's when they wheeled out this big table. And on the table, it said uh, the family tree. And my daughter could not believe whose name was on the family tree. And that's when it showed the lineage of how my great grandfather and Harriet Tubman's father were brothers. And there is Harriet Tubman and there I am uh, first cousins twice removed. And so eventually now I'm still struggling with the fact that I can't get a passport birth certificate. And so um, I've contacted senators I've contacted attorneys who said, you need to do something because you've got all of this money your entire life pumping into an account with David Austin and you have no way of proving that's you. Right. And so eventually after talking to so many people, and that's when I, my mom really told me what happened was when she asked me, was I making any progress? And I said, well, what I really need is adoption papers so I can get a name change. And that's when she told me where well, there are no adoption papers because you weren't adopted. I called the city of Philadelphia. I wrote letters. I did everything and no one can help me until one day I decided to phone up there to the register of deeds again. And a lady told me, she said, you know what? I've heard your story and this is what we're going to do. Back in the sixties, people always spell people's names incorrectly on their birth certificate. Hmm. So what I'm going to do, Mr. Austin, is I'm going to say that they spelled your name incorrectly and that they spelled it Edward Bright, but it should have been David Austin. So within three days, you shall get a new birth certificate. I got the birth certificate, I got the passport, and I'm going on my first cruise in a couple of months. (laughs) Oh, nice. Oh, which I could talk about cruising on a whole nother episode, but that's that's awesome. A lot to unpack there, which anybody that doesn't realize, like I came from a single parent household my mom with four children not even six and it's a struggle first of all so and then losing like you said that 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 hurt she must have felt for sure and again people don't realize yeah we're very advanced now you know nowadays if that you know you could probably just check somebody's snapchat location be like oh (laughs) right right. here's my baby (laughs) let's go right not in the yeah. 60s, 70s, right. 80s, really the and, 90s. And you know, and you know, Stephen, another little funny little side story to that. I remember being in the seventh grade and I walked out. I've always been very shy, and a lot of people can't believe that I do a podcast uh, <laughs> and I interview people nonstop. I've always been very shy. And I came out of the classroom in the seventh grade and I looked over and I saw this girl and I said, Wow, she is so beautiful. And my friend said, Well, Dave, go talk to her, say something. Nah, she's she I can tell she was in a, an old older grade she was in the eighth grade or so I said now nah, I'm not gonna and they kept trying to push me to talk to the girl and I said no I'm not gonna talk to her but she's so beautiful there's something about 
her that she's just amazing. Well, the night that I met my family for the first time, I went to the house and all of my family, my, my cousins and nephews and nieces were there and I've met everyone. And all of a sudden I looked up and I saw that girl again. It was my sister. Oh, oh my word. <laughs> Another, like, <laughs> well, maybe it's a good thing that you didn't go talk to Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> and see where that led, but. But I think that might have been the attraction. It does was exactly, drawn to, yeah. right. That magnetic of yes. something's there, like just personality wise. Like I, right. I, I want to <laughs> see, yeah, no, I, that, that is, a, that would have been a whole nother story <laughs> probably. <Yes. laughs> But I that that must be such a profound thing to go through to again you so you knew you were adopted your whole life, but then say, oh, actually the story isn't as clean cut as I thought it was. Right. And it's like, wow, this is a lot to take on and a lot yeah. of baggage. But I, al- but I always knew, I always knew that there was something wrong somewhere. I mm. always had this gut feeling as if something had happened to me that I was suppressing. Uh, I was molested at 11 mm. and I thought maybe that it was something dealing with that or another situation like that. But I always knew something had happened to me, but I just couldn't figure out what it was. And then went, because I've always known I was adopted. She always told me that I had siblings and we, she said, always said that she tried to find them, but she could never locate them. Once I met them and we started sharing stories, we found out that we grew up playing together in the same playgrounds in Philly. Wow. <laughs> it's like so close, but so far away. Right. We didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing with like the name, the secretary not knowing the name. Like it's right. It's right. like right there in right. front of you. But especially as kids, you're like. I don't know. Like, right. It is what it is. Like there's, there's not social media or anything like that to stock somebody right. down. And, um, and what's interesting is I, I stumbled across this thing in life where I was really struggling with, I actually wrote a book about it, about being adopted, the struggle of being adopted because of, of who you are. Am I, I, I really struggle with nature versus nurture. Yeah. Am I who I am because of, who I am or what I was, what has been poured into me. Right. And, and my question has always been, which mom do I owe my allegiance to the mom that pushed me into life or the mom that pushed me through life? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I noticed when I was with at the Austin family reunion, I was thinking in the back of my head, I'm not really in Austin. I'm really a bright but I'm, you know, I'm here. And when I'm at the bright family reunion, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm one of the brights, but I'm really not a bright. My name is Austin. I'm Austin. And so I was always torn between two mothers. And so for most of my life, especially my adult lifehood, I have mimicked and did everything based on the, on the nurture side. I live my life based on what she taught me and how she raised me. Now, as I get older, I'm starting, I'm acting more and more like my, my mother of nature, the one that birthed me. Mm -hmm. I remember, uh, I just, for my entire life, I I just could not fathom. I can eat peanut butter. I can eat jelly, but I just never was able to fathom how a human being can eat peanut butter and jelly together. I could (laughs) eat a sandwich like that. 
until one day I'm talking to my mom and she says, yeah, these kids eat peanut butter and jelly. I don't know how they eat it. And I'm like, whoa. You're like, you wait, <laughs> that's <I> me. Mean, <laughs> that's me. You know, I, I love tigers. I think they're so majestic. And then I go to her apartment one day and what does she have hanging on the wall? Pictures of tigers. And so I'm like, wow, n- nature does play a major factor in who we are. Definitely. And so <laughs> I'm sorry, I- I'll talk. I just love this. No, you're good. <laughs> and that that is so, I took psychology classes and we always talk about nature versus nurture. And I think that it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you've hit the nail on the head too, because there's times where you could say, oh yeah, I'm this way because of the way that I was brought up and it was taught to me. But some of the stuff, it's just, it's it's in your DNA. It's in your blood. It's just how right, right. <laughs> it's, it's been. And what a conflict you must have had, especially at the beginning of, like you said, going to one family reunion and saying, oh, kind of feel like the black sheep right, I don't right. know if I fit in like it's and then vice versa and so it did all that and then of course learning that you know being related to one of the greatest people of all time right is that what culminated into let me you know write the, write a book do podcast and what did that look like for you did you say hmm all this has happened let's go how did that plan happen how long did it take to even write a book like what did that look like for you well, it didn't take long to write a book and I'm actually have um, pulled it and rewriting it because when I wrote the book, all of this information about the abduction wasn't known to me. So the book was actually written based on being adopted. adopted. Gotcha. Uh, so, but the, as far as I've always felt the purpose, I've always felt out of place in life growing up in Philadelphia in the major city. I've always had a passion and a compassion for people. I always felt you know, we would lose our basketball game in high school. And I was sad that the coach would have to go home and tell his wife we lost again. So I've always had this passion and compassion for people to help people. But yet I didn't know why. Right. And once I found out why, I said, OK, that explains why. But yet knowing why doesn't mean that it's over. It means this is an explanation on what's next. Right. And so I started doing a live social media videos, interviewing people. And it was just so difficult finding people that wanted to get behind the camera. And then one day I said, you know what, let me try this podcast thing. And I really struggle. You want to find the right name so that people remember that name. And I said, wait a minute, why not? If Harriet Tubman did the Underground Railroad, we're in 2022, right? Let's do the Underground Subway. Boom. And so that's Pieces the name of the place. Yeah, I'm like, okay, hey, let's go with this. And so that's the name of the podcast, The Underground Subway. And I constantly have guests on. And all we talk about is ways to make life better. I tell people on the podcast, most of the episodes, I always repeat that, you know, one thing that Harriet said was, I could have freed a lot more slaves if only they knew they were slaves. Mm. So they had no idea that there was a better life waiting for them. And so the purpose of the podcast is to reveal some of the chains that hold us back that we may not know about. We may not know that we're in a comfort zone or we may not know that we're in unhealthy relationships with people or how to, and then we give them the strategies on how to live a better life. And so once you find that purpose and that's what, you know, my mom, I told her before she passed away, I'll I'll never forget. um, She 
she was laying on her deathbed and I'm in the hospital in New Jersey and we're talking and and she never, my mom never would say how much pain she was in. She just had a high pain tolerance. Strong, and, uh, yeah. my, now my adopted mom, she, she passed away in 2011. I was at her bedside when she passed away. And keep in mind when she passed away, I had not, I did not know any of this. Mm-hmm. And I asked my mom, why didn't you tell me? She said, because I didn't want you to uh, confront her and have any bitter feelings toward her. Right. And I said, well, listen, let me tell you something. What you told me has not changed how I felt, feel or felt about her at all. But what it did do is it changed how I feel and view you. You're my mom. And so I went to see her right before she passed. And uh, she high pain tolerance, never complained about pain. And she looked at me and she said, you know what, David, I've never felt this much pain. I'm just ready to go. Mm. I'd rather I'd rather be in a casket than be laying here in this much pain. And I said, well, yeah. And another thing my mom never, she was very rarely would she say, I love you. She would tell the grandkids, but she wouldn't tell us for some reason. (laughs) And before I left, she told me she loved me. And uh, and I told her, I said, well, I'll get to see you again. Hopefully I get back up here and to see you real soon. And she said, "Okay, David, I'll see you later. And I looked at her and I said, my name is Edward. And the calm and the peace that came over her in that room was something that you just can't explain. Right. It must have been so powerful for her to yes. hear that, especially at the time and everything, for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> like I said, we could get emotional <laughs> and, and talk. Um, yeah. That makes so, us who we are. Some, someone told me one time, they said, you know, should a man cry? I said, well, if it weren't intended for us to cry, we wouldn't have tear ducts. So. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about cry. I'm a Pisces, yeah. so I can't help oh, me to too. cry. Me okay, good. I, there we go. Yeah. March 8th. <laughs> March 20th. Um, all I right. Just close. made the yeah. cut. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah, I can't help it. But too, yeah. I said, it's literally on the Pisces. So, uh, wow. That's, and see, I didn't realize that your adopted mother, you know, you never got to, I wouldn't say hash it out, but have those conversations with her and get her side of things and everything. So, right. What a journey and struggle that that must be of, well, we never get to have that conversation, you know, but. Well, when you first hear this story, you're thinking, ah, this can't be true. Until, Like I said earlier, you talk to family members who says, wow, even my daughter, she said, you know, dad, I believe. And I said, why? She said, because I called up there to talk to you one day when you were in Philly trying to hash out everything to get your birth certificate. Mm -hmm. And grandma's sister told her, I could hear her telling her, you need to tell that boy what really happened. Mm. And my mom like, what's going on? (laughs) Right. And I, again, I have no clue. I don't know what that meant. Yeah. So, and she's telling my aunt, mind your business. I'm not telling him anything. And so, but, and then the, uh, I had two other family members who said, yeah, cause she told us she found you on the church step. <laughs> it's you're like, I'm just trying to go on a cruise. Right. I mean, <laughs> now this has opened a whole nother world right. to me, <laughs> but I, I can honestly say 100% there was, there was a lot of pain there was a lot of hurt when I found that. I mean, I don't remember okay. crying so much. The tears were just, you know, but there was never any bitterness because to me, that's just a wasted emotion. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to cry, I cry, but I'm not going to be 
bitter because I can't change it. And it actually, everything that happened made me who I am because I may not have been where I am or who I am if that didn't happen to me. Right. And that's, that's a, one thing I wish us as humans would realize more is you can get angry and stuff, but it's not going to change what happened. (laughs) You you got to try to pick up the pieces and move forward. Right. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's switch gears a little bit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have uh, a whole bunch of random get to know you questions and I'm just going to rapidly shoot them out there and then have you answer them. That way we can break up the uh, emotional side a little bit and get to know you a little bit more. Uh, First question is one that honestly, I I feel like is a big icebreaker, pretty simple, straightforward. If you were to have a dinner party and you can invite five guests living or not, who would you invite and why? Malcolm X, because I want to hear, I would love to pick his brain on his radical and just hear his aggressiveness. Uh, I would probably, five, one would be, I would definitely invite Snoop. I mean, yeah, that would make the party. (laughs) Yeah, because you want to have fun. The other three, wow, that's, that's really difficult because I asked someone recently what two people, and those were the two that I picked. Uh, I, wow, what five, if I really want to have a party, I'd invite Snoop and Ric Flair. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> then we really have a party. Uh, I would invite, there's an author that I love that I would love to sit down and talk to. His name is Og Mandino. Hmm. I would love to talk with him and maybe a less Brown. Maybe Les Brown. So that's Les, Og, Mandino, Ric Flair, Snoop, and Malcolm. Those are my five. That that sounds like it would be a good one. Ric Flair would yeah, we, bring a lot of flair to it. In, <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of intellect. And then after we finish talking, we can have some fun with Rick and Snoop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, definitely for sure. Uh, <laughs> next one. If you watch Disney movies, what is your favorite Disney movie? I have no idea. Oh, I have no idea what a disney movie is outside is the avengers disney or is that marvel that's not i will disney. say that's technically marvel. i will give you credit because it is owned by disney so we'll okay. go with well, <laughs> yeah i'll do some of the marvel series yeah i, all I the just Marvels. started watching those but yeah i just started about two months ago watching binge watching all of the marvel movies yeah they, they they're so incredible and there's so many of them and they're just making so much more and so I mean, they even, I think they, they're replacing or they have already some parts of Disney, uh, the, I don't know if it's land or world, but with all the Avengers and things like that. So definitely Disney. Uh, what is the highlight of your year thus far? Thus far, the highlight of my year you know, so many good things have happened. So I might as I don't the highlight of my year, I would say is getting my passport. Well, when true. that came in the mail, it really uh, closed a lot of not just a chapter. It's almost like it closed the book and gave me an opportunity to open another book. Definitely. I mean, for those that have never and, and, got, go yes, ahead. <laughs> and, and my daughter getting married. That was oh. perhaps the most 
Uh, she got married um, four days after my birthday. So that was the most amazing thing for me. So those, oh. I guess I, it's one and one A. Yeah, that's that's a good one, though. And it like I was going to say, if anybody has gotten a passport before, it takes a lot of paperwork in general. But to go through what you had to go through to get it, right, it right, really would be a, and I mean, uh, who doesn't love a wedding, especially when it's your, your right. child? So, yes. are you more of a cat person or dog person? Dog. Next uh, question. That was quick. <laughs> <laughs> what is one thing on your bucket list? Seattle. Seattle. To go to visit Seattle. To visit Seattle. I need to visit more places too. Hey, you have a passport now. Yeah, it'll, it'll make things easier to travel. Yeah, I just, I'm a nature person. And I think that that's one of the most beautiful areas in the country. So I, for some reason, I've always felt as though Seattle, I've been everywhere else. So in the, in the uh, continental US. So Seattle's the one place I haven't been. Awesome. Yeah, that would, I, I need to get out more. And Seattle is one of the places <laughs> I, I definitely I always see. And I'm like, that looks like it would be a good trip. Uh, and then last for these questions, what is your favorite meal? Lasagna. Oh, lasagna is the best, honestly. <laughs> pasta, period, but lasagna yes. <laughs> is such a good one. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you for that, <laughs> for going through that. Uh, now, the next two it's, questions. It's not, it's not peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, that. exactly. It's so, not that. Yeah, not together. That's so funny. I've never heard, honestly, anybody <laughs> say they wouldn't eat those together. But I am guilty of. I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So <laughs> you're like, well, I have to end the call now. Bye. <laughs> so uh, the next two questions are questions that I always ask everybody. Uh, first one being for mental health, trying to break the stigma. So I always ask guests. Um, if there's anything that you're willing to share with the general public or whoever is listening, um, anything that you do to keep your mental health in check? I think I'm learning more and more that balance is paramount in, in life. You have to have balance. There has to be that, you know, we work hard. You have to play hard you have to relax and it's the fuel that keeps you going and if you if you don't take time for you you will burn out whether and so what i've done is i plan in my calendar whether it's quarterly or bi-monthly whatever little small getaways to big getaways but i and i found out that the actual anticipation of a trip is actually more relaxing than the trip itself just, yeah. just knowing that I have something to look forward to. And it is the key to de-stressing stressing self as well as de-stressing, finding that thing, that, that you time where you can sit on the bed and just meditate, relax, whatever it is, soft music, anything to de-stress yourself because life is sweet, but it's too short to be oh, yeah. stressed. And you have to find that thing that calms you down. You know, one of the things, and I'll let you get to your, your next question. One no, of the things good. I remember my mom said to me was she said before she died, my adopted mom said to me, she said, baby, you said something to me when you were eight years old 
that I carried with me my entire life. Oh, what can I say at eight? I didn't right. know my name. Or I, she said, you came in the room one day and you said to me, mommy, why worry about something that we can't control? Mm -hmm. And she said, that really changed my life. And so now I live by that. And so I've adopted a new theory, a new feeling, a new saying that I don't have bad days. I've never had a bad day in my life. I have bad moments, but I don't have a bad day because I don't want to take a bad moment and attach it to the entire day. True. So I may have a bad moment, but I don't have a bad day. Very wise and smart to think of that way. Look at little eight-year-old you coming back and sprinkling <laughs> right. that wisdom. Wish I can go back to eight. But... Right. Like, what else can you tell me, kid? <laughs> like, That's right. Uh, awesome. So I always am, am curious about recommendations. It doesn't have to be anything new, anything that you just, anytime you get a chance, you're like, please check it, this out. So looking for recommendations for any movies, music, TV shows, podcasts, or books that you want to share with the world and say, please do yourself your fa a favor and pick this up. Well, there's one podcast I think you really would been everyone would benefit from. It's called The Underground Subway. I think I've heard <laughs> of it. <laughs> yes, and, and, and you can find it on that website, www.theundergroundsubway. And it's so many, I will say this, it, it, seriously, I was just thinking earlier, one of someone was listening to one of the real tests of whether or not my podcast has been successful is not the numbers is not mm -hmm. how many people my best friend who is my golf partner we travel every, those trips we always go together matter <laughs> of fact we're going on the cruise to celebrate his birthday we're very close we you know we play golf every week we hang out we talk all the time when he told me that he listens to my podcast on the treadmill before he goes to work. To me, that was such validation to yeah. have someone that close to you say, because most times people that close to you don't support or don't want to do listen, right. do anything. And that really inspired me. And I was telling him, he said he was blown away with all of the quality and qualified guests, the professionals that are on there giving instruction and helping. And I told him, I said, the podcast isn't for everyone else. I view it for me because I get free therapy sessions. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. I can concur. Yes. <laughs> so, and so, uh, you know, my, the podcast is really good. Anyone wants to check that out, they can check that out. And as far as books, anything like that, you know, there there's a book that I really love that has been beneficial to me. It's called, it's by Mel Robbins called the five second rule. Mm. And it really, she talks about, you know, Mel Robbins uh, was on CNN. She had her own show on satellite yeah. radio and everything. And she talks about the five second rule in which she's able to just everything in life, you count down, there's no procrastination. I need to do this and I'm going to do it now. Five, four, three, two, one, and you do it. Smart and everything, whether, whether it's getting out of the bed, you know, so I don't hit the snooze anymore. It's okay, five, four, three, two, one, you get up. And all of a sudden you're programmed to do that. And it just knocks all of that, all of the procrastination and thinking about what it's going, whether it's your golf swing or whether it's whatever it is. And so that's a good book that I would recommend to anyone in addition to the underground subway. Of course, yeah, <laughs> both really, really much needed in the world that we live in right now as well too. 
Um, so yeah. I appreciate you sharing those. And before we wrap this thing up, I do always want to give you a moment to shout out any other projects or let viewer or viewers listeners know where they can find you <laughs> on your socials, your website, anything like that. And of course I'll put the links down below. Uh, Cause that's our generation. <laughs> You're right, right, right. Well, I've already shared with you the podcast, the www.theundergroundsubway.com. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, my name is David Bright. I threw my original name in there, David Bright Austin. I'm on Instagram at David underscore E underscore Austin. Those are the only two that I do because I'm not young like my granddaughter who's <laughs> on everything. I just if I can do Facebook and uh, and Instagram, I I laugh, she laughs because I always call it Insta Chat and Snapgram and all of that. <laughs> so I'm on those two, and uh, be glad to chat with you know anyone, especially I love talking to young people who were adopted because they're, I'm sure, having these inner feelings of being Definitely. torn in life. And so I'm always willing to help and, sh and share and uh, offer a kind word of encouragement. Awesome. Well, perfect. Like I said, I'll link those down below. And to be honest, I feel like Facebook and Instagram are the only two platforms that really, <laughs> right. really matter these days. <laughs> TikTok is blown right. up. That's a yeah. whole, nother, whole nother thing. Um, right. <laughs> I do want to thank you again so much for taking time, sharing your story, um, and letting us into your life a little bit more. I appreciate it so much, um, and hopefully we can chat again soon. Oh, it sounds good to me, and I thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share my story. What a amazing story that David has to tell. And you can continue listening to his story and following his journey, especially if you go and listen to his podcast, um, The Underground Subway, which I will be linking down in the episode notes as well as his Twitter. So you can go follow him there. Uh, for Meditation Minute uh, for Mental Health Month, I feel like I keep saying oh, so much. Oh, I hate it. But doing something a little different and picking out some of my either favorite quotes or quotes that I found that became favorites, which is today's quote, um, or this episode's quote, because today technically there's two episodes out. Uh, but the quote is from Kerry Washington, who I adore and love. And the quote is, uh, I think it's really important to take the stigma away from mental health. My brain and my heart are really important to me. I don't know why I wouldn't seek help to have those things be as healthy as my teeth, Kerry Washington. Very true. It's another part of us and our being, our body that we should take care of. Brush your teeth, get mental health services or whatever. Like, brush your teeth and do something, you know, to help your mental health. It should all go hand in hand. You don't want to lose your teeth and you don't want to lose your sanity. So ponder that over and enjoy this week's Meditation Minute.
I just realized that I'm so used to saying and enjoy this week's meditation minute that I said it, um, but I'm not going back to re-edit it. And probably y'all would have never noticed if I'm not saying anything, but <laughs> I'm that bitch. Uh, yeah, it's this episode's, I guess I should probably change that. This episode's meditation minute because there are at least two episodes that are going to be out this week and one's already out. Two's already out, really, because this episode's out and then the other episode with Jules making a woman already out. Go listen to it. Thank you, Doe. Doe. <laughs> Thank you, though, to David, who was able to take some time to talk about his childhood and finding out who he is in family and just being a overall motivational person. And that's pretty great. And I think that's what we need, especially nowadays and especially for mental health awareness and mental health awareness month which is right now may so i will link down below as well too not really link because i'm not putting a link in there but i will put some wording in there if you or anybody or somebody that you know needs help now you can text or call 988 um, or you can chat online at 988lifeline.org go there if you need help, they're here for you. There's resources, so be sure to do that. You can also follow me if I make you smile or happy uh, at Sir Stephen Rice. Not on Facebook, because I don't have a Facebook anymore. Twitter, um, Instagram, and TikTok. Please come back next week. <laughs> Please read reviews and tell your friends about Sunshine Stephen. Stay safe out there. And until next time, have a fantastic day.